0: Dead Stripper, Chapter 1, Scene 1, South Philadelphia. I'm approaching Geno Stakes at the intersection of 9th and Pass Young, when my cell phone rings. It's 1109 on a cool night in early March. The phone's mounted in the middle of the dashboard. I look at the caller ID and see my friend. His real name's Mike, but I always call him my friend because, well, because he's my best friend. I put the call on speaker and say, I see your beater phone's working tonight. Ha ha ha. He fakes a laugh. I got a good phone. We repeat this routine every time he calls, yet it never gets old. He's a wrestler with the East Coast Wrestling Association and he goes by Hitman Bruno in the ring. And yes, it's a professional wrestling organization, but these guys do it more for love than money. Some are over the hill and hanging on because they don't want to quit. Others, like my friend, are still young and hopeful of catching that first big break. But either way, no one's making big bucks. So they work conventional jobs, moonlight, or they do both to earn a living. You Ubering, my friend asks. Yep, you? Started an hour ago, my friend says. Three stinking pools so far, maybe 15 bucks. Not worth the time they take. Oh, before I forget, I'm wrestling Saturday night. Doughboy pulled a hammy. Scene two, a tall brunette's entering the employee's coat room at a topless club. She's 23, attractive and shapely, and goes by Jade. She's wearing dangling earrings and a heart-shaped gold necklace, a tan blouse, and tight jeans. She's carrying a makeup case with two large Macy's shopping bags. She places the makeup case on a shelf, sets the bags on the floor, and starts putting on her brown leather jacket. One of the bouncers creeps up behind her. He's 30, muscular, and looks Italian. Tattooed arms complete his menacing look. Done for the night? His voice startles her. She turns to face him. What's it look like? Need a ride, he asks. No, thanks. Seriously, he says, I'll give you a ride. Rather take an Uber. Why, he asks. Why do you want to give me a ride? You know, he says, like, as a favor. Bullshit. You just want me to suck your cock. Why the attitude, he asks. Thought we had a good thing going. We did. Until you fucked charity. Thad, he says, that didn't mean nothing. Come on, I'll make it up to you. Don't make me laugh. I moved on from you. With who, he asks. None of your business. Give me one more chance. He moves closer. Don't even think about touching me. You know you want it, bitch. He grabs his crotch, tugs at himself suggestively, then reaches out and tries to grab her left shoulder. She backs out of his reach. Don't touch me. I'll touch you anytime I want. He reaches for her shoulder a second time. She pulls a riding crop out of one of the shopping bags, then whips him across the left side of his face. Two good swipes. You cocksucker. He reaches out again and grabs her right wrist, the one holding the writing crop. He twists her wrist behind her back, judo style, and keeps twisting until she drops the whip. She slaps his face with his left hand. You bastard. You're asking for it, bitch. He makes a fist with his right hand and cocks it to throw a punch. I'd have punch your fucking lights out. Go ahead, Dodo. You wind up back in jail before I hit the floor. He holds a pose, wanting to retaliate so bad he can taste it. But eventually, he unclenches his fist and lowers his hand. You ain't worth going to jail for. But trust me, bitch, you'll be sorry. Scene 3. My Uber app pings. Hang on, I tell my friend. Just got a ride. You taking it? My friend asks. Pavlis dogs. What's that supposed to mean? Ivan Pavlov? Never heard of him, my friend says. (laughs) Now there's a surprise. So, who is he, my friend asks. You mean who was he? Yeah, yeah, my friend says, whatever. That's what I want to know. Who was he? I said was because he'd be 170 years old these days. Just tell me who the fuck he was. A Russian physiologist back in the 1800s. So, my friend says, so, he's famous because he conditioned his dogs to know when it was time to eat. How'd he do that, my friend asked? By ringing a bell when he was going to feed them. So over time, his dogs became conditioned to know that whenever they heard him ring the bell, it was time to eat. What's that got to do with anything, my friend asks. When my app pings, I'm conditioned just like Pavlov's dogs. Time to make money. Nothing to think about. Automatic. I accept the ride because it's going to put money in my pocket. That's why I keep telling you to take every ride. That's how you make more money. Yeah, sure. Where's your ride? I look at the app. Sam, 2800 Columbus Boulevard, Philadelphia. Looks like a topless club. Maybe you'll get lucky, he says, Doubt it. Some guy named Sam. Besides, I never initiate conversations with strippers. Why not, he asks. Don't want anything misconstrued. Don't need any complaints going back to Uber about their driver coming onto them. You worry too much, he says. I see a bright purple neon sign. Babes in Toyland. Look, I'm there. Talk to you tomorrow. I end that call, pull over, and call the rider. Two rings before a man's voice answers. Hello? Your ride's here. Silver SUV with the flashers blinking. Oh, he says. Then continues with a Long Island accent. The uh, rides for one of uh, my girls. Pull right up to the uh, entrance. I'll tell her you're here. Scene four. We go inside the strip club. The manager's short and stocky. His name's Sam. Looks 40, but just turned 34. He walks up to the bouncer. Did you uh, see Jade? Just seen her over there. The bouncer points toward the coat room. What uh, happened to your face? Nothing, the bouncer says. Looks like uh, something happened. She accidentally hit me, the bouncer says, with her fucking whip. You know, just fucking around. Looks like uh, a handprint on the other side. Like I said, the bouncer says, just fucking around. Please, no uh, horsing around. He spots Jade exiting the coat room. She's carrying her makeup case and the two shopping bags. It takes her no time to reach the two men. She smiles at the manager then gives the bouncer a dirty look. Your uh, Uber's here, the manager says. Silver SUV with its uh, lights blinking. Driver's name is Steve. Scene five. I see a tall brunette exit the strip club. Then she starts approaching my vehicle. She's holding a makeup case in her left hand and struggling to carry two shopping bags with her right hand. I exit the driver's door Head around to the back of the vehicle and get there at the same time she does. You Steve, she asks. Yep, yeah, I'm Jade. Pleased to meet you, Jade. I open the hatch and start packing her belongings inside. First comes the makeup case, heavier than it looks. Next come one of the shopping bags. Something falls out and lands on the ground. Looks like a riding crop. Guess it's one of her props. She bends down and picks it up with her left hand stands back up and hands it to me. Just stick it in one of those bags. I stick it in the second bag. She's already opening the back door on the passenger side and gets inside the vehicle. I close the hatch, then hustle back around behind the wheel. All set? All set. I hit Start Trip on the app and see her destination, 340 Media Station Road, Media. I know exactly where that is, but I'm not sure about the shortest distance between the strip club, and the entrance to I-95. I start pulling away. The GPS tells me to make a right turn, but I'm looking at a do not enter sign. So I stop. Go ahead, she says. If you get stopped, you won't get a ticket. I can fix it. I know all the cops around here. Plus, I got a lot of pull at City Hall. No kidding. Yeah, she says. Ever since I started blowing one of the judges, I'm both stunned and intrigued by her candor, and I want to hear more. No kidding. My old boyfriend, she said, got arrested last year, charged with criminal assault. So I asked one of the cop buddies and found out who the judge was. He arranged a meeting for me, and that's when I started blowing. The strategy worked to perfection. She not only succeeded in getting her boyfriend's charges reduced to a misdemeanor, but eventually got the case dismissed altogether. So I drive down the street the wrong way. And she talks nonstop for the next 20 minutes all the way to her apartment complex. I only moved here a couple months ago. She says, how do you like it so far? So far? She says so good. But my next door neighbor's a nosy bitch. She's got like a camera outside her apartment and she's always sticking her nose in my business. No kidding. She laughs. I ran into her in the hall yesterday, and she tells me she knows my boyfriend's 5'11". Then she says she saw me come home with a guy who's 6'4". No kidding. Yeah, she says, so I tell her. Since you're so into my shit, why don't you come over and trim my pussy hair the next time it needs trimming? We're both laughing as I pull into the complex. Then I ask what building? A. I drive up a steep hill past two buildings on the way up. Which entrance? All the way at the end, she says. I turn right, then drive 100 yards to reach the last entrance. How's this? Perfect, she says. Oh, I forgot to thank you for loading my things into your car when we left the club. No problem. I don't usually have this much to carry, she says. But some guy gave me a bunch of presents today. Birthday? Nah, she says. He's like a secret admirer. You ever see Fatal Attraction? What's that, she asks. A movie. What's it about, she asks. A secret admirer and boiling a rabbit in a pot. Doesn't sound like Alice in Wonderland to me, she says. Trust me, it's not. How well do you know your secret admirer? Let's just say... She starts to explain then stops abruptly. Sorry, I didn't mean to pry. It's not that, she says. It's, well, my wrist is starting to hurt like a son of a bitch. How'd you hurt it? Got into an argument, she says, you know, before you pick me up. An old boyfriend. The one I already told you about. The one I got out of trouble last year. On the assault charge? Yeah. She leans forward. One of the bouncers. Sal. But he won't accept the fact I broke up with him. He's still, like, possessive. Thinks he owns me. Sorry to hear that. I turn my head and see her face for the first time. Quite pretty. We had a good thing going, she says, but then the asshole started screwing around on me. Didn't know for sure at first, but then he started acting funny. So I asked him about it. And he confessed? No way, she says. Asshole lied to my face. Then how do you know for sure? Caught the motherfucker in the act. No kidding. Yeah. Caught him screwing one of the other girls. A bimbo who calls herself Charity, and trust me, she gives it up just like her name says. We laugh, and you'll never guess where I caught them," she said. No clue. In a fucking utility closet. Sounds like prima facie evidence to me. Not sure what that means," she says. That prima, prima facie, it's Latin for essential. Means at first look or on its face. It's a type of evidence accepted in court as being true unless or until someone can prove otherwise. Used to be a lawyer or something," she asked. Not really. Just know about things like that. Anyway, she says, Tonight the asshole says he wants to drive me home. What's wrong with that? He didn't want to drive me home, she says. He just wanted to get me outside, into his car, so I could suck his cock. But When I said no, he tried to bully me. No kidding. She leans closer. He got a little grabby, so I racked him across the face with my whip. The one, right, she says, that one. Got him good, twice. And that really pissed him off. So the fucker grabbed my wrist and twisted it behind my back. Might be sprained. Starting to swell a little. She wiggles her wrist, then probes it gently. Here, feel it. She extends her right hand over the front seat. I take her hand and gently touch the wrist area. Ouch! She jerks her hand back reflexively. It does feel swollen. And it hurts, she says. Would you be willing to help me one more time? So, that's it for chapter one. Chapter two coming up next.